Welcome to Glow Getters. My name is Tinjin Gu. I'm Haixin Chen. Joshua Xu. And this is an unapologetically Asian podcast for Asians. Let's get into it. So Tianjin, today I um, learned uh, your your girlfriend or partner's uh, last name, Peck. And so I uh, cyber-stalked you guys, right? Found a um, 2019 article that she wrote about your relationship, which in the article is fantastic, of course. The illustrations there are, are very flattering towards you. This is not what I remember yeah. you looking like at all. <laughs> I remember you looking like dog shit. <laughs> but... Did you guys know that like this article has been used as um, like a search engine optimization tool for like this scam dating website? Wait, what? Okay, so I think oh, so, so tell us exactly. We're gonna go through Google right now. What are you searching for specifically? What's that term? Yeah, so I'm looking for Tian space Jun and then Patrice space. Peck. And so that's a whole third, right? And I find this BuzzFeed dating article, but then I also find a bunch of links that seem to be going to this BuzzFeed article, in fact, go to this dating website that immediately asked me, are you horny? Answer the question, Haishin. Um, These broad links, are they ranking higher than the actual BuzzFeed article? They are, yeah. Multiple of them are ranking <laughs> higher than the actual BuzzFeed article. No, because I clicked on these because, I mean, it, it, it's that thing where, like, you know, Google shows you some snippet of what's on the page. So it seems like, you know, I'm going to see it here. And, like, it's showing the snippet where it's saying, Tinjin and many other Asian often see, like, and then it says, that's the first thing my friend Tinjin ever said to me. They, they're giving some preview into it. And, like, these sites all seem to be, like, dedicated to Black and Asian dating. So it, it seems reasonable that these sites would redirect to the BuzzFeed article or be a blog talking about the BuzzFeed article, but actually it's for this like scam, I think Russian-based dating website. <laughs> What's crazy though is like, even if it is a scam, right? Russians are recognizing Tinjin and Patrice as a D couple, the face of Asian men and black women dating in the entire world. Wait, so aside from inventing streaming, Tinjin, you now also became literally the face of international interracial dating, apparently. Oh I'm, my I'm gosh. Looking, I'm looking at these. I can't believe it. Well, Patrice, uh, well, appreciate you reading it. Patrice is a fantastic writer. She's a very beautiful writer, but I had no idea we had no idea that now all these sites apparently rank higher than the article itself i like this one it says buzzfeed dating asian i thought going to korea would help me and then it's a preview of the article underneath <laughs> and then there's another black and asian dating website five best asian and black dot 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 i can only imagine what what else there is past the dot 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 yeah, but, but like these things, like I, I think how these things work is they actually had to go and find this article because this article is actually relevant to their website, right? Sure. Yeah, because sure. I, I'm trying to figure out, like I was looking at up the incorporation of this website and they're hiding it pretty well. But it, it, I think it, they own a site called um, ebonydate.com with uh, bad reviews as far as dating websites go. But <laughs> I don't know, you, there's an argument to be made that you guys should be flattered, right? Because someone read this article and really did think it was a good rep good enough representation of like this group that they were going to use it to go and scam people. This is fascinating on a day that a fake Twitter account has been created posing as Patrice to stir up racist shit on Twitter. People yeah. just really want to be Patrice and people really want to be Tianjin. That's the takeaway from this, right? Yeah. Streaming money. <laughs> I think 
it's being glass over right now. And the way that Haishin kicked off was so funny that we're not really going into it yet. But I want to point out that this is entirely creepy of Haishin to search for you guys and then go as far as looking into the incorporation of the company that's hosting the dating website. So kudos, Haishin, you sick fuck. Yeah, I'd also like to say that Haishin only learned of Patrice's last name an hour ago. <laughs> We've been friends for 10 plus years, right? Haishin... <laughs> Why, why, why didn't you? T- that's the real point. Like, why didn't you tell me about uh, more about you know your dating life? Why, uh, because I read on another page that this had happened. Uh, that you guys started dating in 2016. I assumed that I told you at some point. This this is honestly ignorant. I thought I told you. Tenjin, you assumed that he cared. That's what you assumed. Oh, you're right, right? <laughs> <laughs> in any case, uh, like, um, Josh, I don't know if uh, if Josie's quite old enough for you to have the dad pushing kids on um, the swing experience, but let uh-huh. me just tell you, like, it, the natural thing to do during that moment is to go and check on your phone and stalk your friend's Facebook <laughs> in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that's true. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's not really all that interesting, pushing kids on the swing but they're really into it. they can do it for like one hour straight and so like you have to have something else to do and what i choose to do is you know check in on the old pal tianjin but what's crazy though is you know we've talked about minari before right we talked about steven yan before where like his character glenn now the walking dead was seeing like nationally as a model of like asian man dating a white woman right like that was uncommon but it was also you know depicted with such like realism and such like tenderness that people are like yeah no this is awesome like this is not you know do a double take but essentially you're on the same level as Steven Yen now for Asian man dating a black woman, Tinjin. It's you and Steven for the gold. This is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure. Hey, I mean, since we're talking about it at all, like, uh, can we talk about the illustration a bit that they did? Yeah. That Will Varner did for this um, for no. this article. No, so, actually, people, our listeners can't see it. So why don't you describe it in detail? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, describe it, actually. Well, I mean, the article, again, is, is lovely. It's talking <laughs> about, like, uh, the, you know, representation of Asian men and black women and, you know, emasculation of Asian men, how society treats black women in terms of dating priority. But, uh, yeah, this picture is of Chinjin and Patrice walking away from what can, I can only assume is like a society stereotypes and there's a big green heart behind them. Now Tianjin is like <laughs> you look like crazy built in this yeah, picture. Right far. <laughs> Although like I gotta think you modeled for it because this is actually how, how you dressed 10 years ago. Like this navy blue like collar <laughs> and gray pants. And so like Will Varner was the um, the artist of this and I like I mean I'm looking up his uh his Twitter account now but like did you pose for this no I didn't pose at all will who's an incredibly talented uh, Asian illustrator he um, just looked at pictures of me on Facebook and then Patrice sort of described what I was wearing on our first date and he just took it and ran with it and when she first showed me I had pretty much the exact same reaction as you guys did I was like this is incredibly flattering to me <laughs> and I was like I don't know how I feel about this and Patrice is like I think it looks great let's go with it and and then she convinced me because I was just like yeah why not you know this is uh I love what Will did he was so excited to do this and I've never actually unfortunately I've never met him but he's uh he seems to be a, an incredibly uh talented uh affable guy and you know uh thank you Will thank you for giving me I can only describe my jaw as uh as as a boulder 
So thank you, Will. Thank you for that. <laughs> but well, this article describes you guys as meeting in 2016. Mm. So that's like seven years after college graduation. Did you like not change shirts? Don't you have like a lot of money now? Like why are you not updating the wardrobe at all? <laughs> that was a new shirt. I, that was a new shirt. I picked up, I, I think I picked it up like a couple of years before that first date. Okay. So new is relative in that, but like, I mean, stylistically, <laughs> like, aren't you like... <laughs> Aren't you like a big Hollywood guy now? Why are you still dressing? It's the dressing? Steve Jobs approach. Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of famous people do the uniform approach. It's it's proven, Hai Shing. Hai Shing, what, 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 what do you think I, I should be wearing? I don't know. Cool stuff. Hollywood stuff. Or at least like a suit or something. Or, like this picture just shows you wearing like like moccasins, which like, is that what, what, you're, what you're into? Like the, yeah, the still... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I knew what my style was back then. I know what my style is now. I'm not trying to rock the boat here. Got it. I, Got it. I do think, though, I do think it's important that we're trying to get more views to this article so we can get the ranking back up above all these other scam sites. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Like, what if you guys, like, get married? What if you get engaged? You have to register, and then people will reasonably be <laughs> Googling Tianjin and Patrice Peck and seeing all those types of links, right? So... Something that you should probably take care of their attention. But does it really affect me all that much? It's not like you signed off on it, right? No, I'm just talking about like, you know, your your auntie and she's like going and looking at it. Oh, yeah, some horny. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someone who's not super computer literate could reasonably go in there. He's <laughs> putting in their credit card information. Just, uh, yeah. just so the listeners know, welcome to this episode's portion of Haishin being a dick that was it <laughs> you guys want to talk shang chi so what you guys think of the trailer uh you know what i really man you have no idea how fucking pumped i was to see tony leong in it and uh and simulio and you know i was like really excited to see them pop up but i, I didn't feel like there was enough shang chi you know I think about, you know, how some of the other trailers, like, introduce, like, the hero. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man. Not even j- just introduce the hero, but have the hero playing throughout. And I was like, I love that Tony Leung, like, fucking really took over that trailer. But at the same time, I was like, you know, the movie's, Tony not, and the movie's not called, yeah, the movie's not called, you know, the Mandarin. It's called Shang-Chi, the Ten Rings. Now, would you guys be come out of the movie theater angry if the Mandarin won and killed Shang-Chi at the end of this? And then went on to be, like, the big bad guy in the next phase of Marvel? Legitimately, asking that because i i don't know i kind of like tony Leung a lot <laughs> i wouldn't be mad with that outcome well putting that aside you were talking about literally the first instance of a marvel character getting a big screen film in the mcu that dies in the intro film right. that has <laughs> never happened before and it seems like a terrible business strategy to have that happen but then you get more tony leung maybe after the mandarin kills shang chi he has to move to hong kong and write a yeah. write a novel and it Marvel, local women. My God, <laughs> Marvel's uh, <laughs> Marvel's you progressive ever not message talk about Wong Kar Wai. <laughs> In every conversation, you talk about Wong Kar Wai. I'm just saying it would be an interesting direction for Marvel to go to because Marvel, is, they are at a point here where, like, if they keep this whole like universe going, I think there are some big questions they have to answer. First, they have to find a big bad who's even worse than Thanos, and then as they introduce like more characters, they also have to explain like why were these heroes not helping out like 10 years ago when um, Thanos was going and, and, and killing everyone, right? So this is like a natural shift in direction. They give the next phase over to Wong Kar Wai. Not, not about 
battling bad guys at all. Just about like smoking and men and women, like you know, longing for each other but never really getting there and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm saying, you know, it'd be a bold new strategy for a well, couple well, of good reasons. <laughs> I think Wanda Vision is just uh, just all about glances between between Wanda and Vision. <laughs> And them, and them smoking out on their porch, but not looking at each other while they're smoking. I'm telling you, man. Like you, this is this is how um, how true uh, creative uh, expression occurs. You know, you take something, you, you take it in just a, a very different direction. So it's not that I'm rooting for Sima to to die in this first one. I'm just saying, like, you know, worse things could happen than more Tony Leung in the in the Marvel universe. So, like, that's my overall takeaway. I, I definitely feel you. Uh, it would have been better to have uh, more Shang-Chi. Is part of like the the comment here just about like, does Shang-Chi kind of suck as a character? I don't, I, like, I don't know Shang-Chi as a character. Maybe you guys can speak to his character more. Like, I, I, well, I He's just a kung fu guy. That's a whole thing, right? Like, he's just really good at kung fu. Does that make sense for the Marvel universe? Do they have to give him like something else in that movie? I assume, like, if he... That's why the, the, the Tony Leung character makes more sense, because he has those rings, right? And um, they're, like, super powerful rings. But if Shang-Chi's going to go and join the Avengers, he's going to be, it seems like, kind of like a Hawkeye-type character, right? Because I, I don't know that just only knowing Kung Fu makes much sense in the universe. It's more powerful than that. You saw it in the trailer. His superpower is he totally breaks with filial, filial piety. I fucked up my own joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do what you want, Dad. <laughs> I think I, I think I don't know if you guys are caught up on uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it's kind of like no spoiler. But you know, the Falcon—they keep thinking about you know—is he gonna become the next Captain America? And it's interesting because he's not a super soldier like Steve was, but like it's about his personality and his morals, his character that makes him a good fit for this role, right? To be the face of America. So it's like a really interesting debate, but. I think about how well done that debate was answered and I have more faith about how, you know, Shang-Chi is going to be treated. And a lot of this was not based on the trailer, mind you. No, but, like, the Falcon can fly. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you gotta make Shang-Chi, like, super strong or something. Otherwise, like, it's gonna feel like they're really gonna have to bend over backwards once he, they do those team-up movies to kind of, you know, kind of work him in, in there. You're right. The Falcon can fly. He has armor support, and then, like, if he becomes cap, I don't, I'm just phrasing this because I know you guys aren't caught up yet, but if he becomes Captain America, he also has that shield, right? Like a pretty strong weapon. Um, I'm looking at the studio release pictures of Shang-Chi right now, and it looks like he's holding a bow stick and he's wearing a modified, stronger looking Chi Pao, which is <laughs> terribly, <laughs> terribly stereotypical and probably not that strong. But what those images don't capture is him telling his dad no. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> <laughs> the superpower is he's on the battlefield and Tony Leo always shows up and he has to tell him no. <laughs> so th this is a game I wanted to play. Across all the Marvel characters or just superhero characters, if you could pick one of those characters to be Asian, 
who would you pick? Either whether they've been in movies or they're going to be in upcoming movies or not in movies at all. If you the, just premises, those- the premises, right? Everything gets translated. So history, powers, the baggage, the trauma, they, they all get translated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, just like if we as Asians could just draft one of these superhero movies um, and, and make the make the hero Asian, which one would you pick? Well, that's an interesting question because the first thing my head went to was like Captain America, right? Just because of what Captain America represents sense but he's also the most stereotypically masculine character and then i like kept thinking and i was like oh but then i would also like to see like an asian spider-man right like seeing like asian adolescence and then my mind went to blade and asian blade would be fucking badass <laughs> i think the question points out like a bigger picture where any answer would essentially be flawed because if you pick any of the characters as an Asian instead, it will be magnified as the representation for Asians just because of how groundbreaking it is. And, you know, white leading men don't have that, white leading characters don't necessarily have that problem because they have weaknesses and they have strengths that are different from each other. And they get to showcase that in their movies without the expectation and the, I guess, um, interpretation that it's going to be every white person is like this. Right. So I think that's a really interesting question because, like, I thought Spider-Man too, but now I think about, like, oh, man, if there was an Asian Spider-Man, what would we think about the fact that he's constantly joking? Oh, is he, like, not taken seriously as an adult? All of his, like, romantic struggles, will we see ourselves in that as, like, something Asian men would be struggling with in the dating scene? That just points out that we need more representation in general so we can get our own adolescent, you know, Asian superhero and also one that's stereotypically masculine and also just like also other forms of uh, masculine representation, right? Some that may Mm -hmm. be more feminine that we can be okay with because if we've reached that level of representation, we just want to see all forms of our Asian identity uh, represented. 100%. So it's, um, it'd be better if they just created a new character. Because I'm also tired of, uh, in the comics, they're always, they're always like, you know, and this is like, here's the Indian Iron Man, you know? Here's the whatever, right, right, this right. and that, right? I'm like, or give us a character. <laughs> just give us a new hero. That'd be cool. Right. I, I think that they could make the Hulk Asian. I think Ang He is <laughs> right now. Oh, in the comics, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I, mean, I think uh, Ang Lee was probably on to something here when he was... So the, have you guys seen the first Hulk movie? Dude, I tell everyone I love that movie. I was like, I don't care. Everyone's like, that's a shitty-ass movie. I was like, Ang Lee legit tried to do something different. <laughs> well, he tried to make an art film with like, the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> it didn't really no. work, but I loved it. <laughs> I remember like during the time, I was on such a like, Ang Lee kick like because he was coming off of Crouching Tiger and... Uh, um, which was just my, my parents took me to watch that movie at least three times in the theaters. My dad was just really, really into the, into the crashing tiger hidden dragon. Right. And so like, I was actually reading Ang Lee interviews at that time. And he was talking about how like the Hulk represented this kind of internalized anger, um, that Asian men felt a lot. You, you see that character in a lot of the other early Ang Lee work too. If you, um, if you guys have ever watched pushing hands, the dad who's in you know a Taiwanese immigrant to the US in that movie how like i mean he has this internal anger about like his place in US society um and his parents coming over but he just doesn't have a good way to go and express it angly relating that to the hulk i thought was just a brilliant move i mean the fact that marvel's actually made the hulk asian after 
that, I mean, I think is in some ways a nod to how valid that idea was. But on screen, I mean, I like, love Mark Ruffalo and all that, but Asian Hulk, I'd be all for that. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. It's it just represents so much of the sort of quiet anger that we're holding in, right? And it's like when when are we able to actually let all that out? Um, yeah, could you imagine like Kevin Feige letting some director make that version of the, uh, the Hulk for any superhero like that today? Like, <laughs> it still blows my mind that literally after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you know, whatever form of Marvel Studios existed back then was like. Hey, Aang, come on in. What do you want to do? What's your, what do you want to do with this character? <laughs> and, and having Aang Lee being like, oh, the climactic battle is, you know, they essentially fight in the clouds. And they're like, oh, you mean like a sky battle? Like, no, literally, they turn into a cloud. <laughs> and, they're, and they're wrestling with, you know, all the expectations that, you know, Bruce Banner has, you know, and, and his, you know, his trying to throw off the pressure of his father and all of this. <laughs> We have a lot of shots of like the um, the Hulk looking off in the distance and contemplating his place in the world. Lots of that. We also have giant poodles in this. Like, <laughs> and they were just all saying, they rubber stamping this. Go for it, Ang. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, that movie's failure is a is it, a tragedy. <laughs> because can you imagine if that had launched the MCU? Like, what the MCU? <laughs> Question for you guys. What's the most disappointing Asian movie you guys have ever seen? I guess for- define Asian movie. Like, what does that mean? Is it an, a movie told from an Asian audience point of view? Is it someone something with an Asian character in it? Asian leading man? It, um, I think, like, if we can leave the definitions a little bit open. For me, it was better luck tomorrow. Because, mm-hmm. like, I it had gotten so much critical buzz and... Um, it, like there was that clip of Roger Ebert, like after the credits roll, and he's standing up and he's talking about like, yeah, Asians have every right to, you know, have to find their own stories in, in this country. And so I was like, oh man, this, this movie must be awesome. It got, got Roger Ebert to start shouting in the theater after, <laughs> after the credits roll. And, and, you know, since then, Justin Lin, I think has made some, some really good movies, but I watched it. It was, it was kind of pretty boring. Um, it was uh, like, you can see that they were definitely going for showing some new looks for Asians. Like, be it. it was trying to like twist some of the stereotypes, some of the tropes around Asians, and um, show how the nerdy guy could also become this high school criminal. But yeah, no, it just there was nothing there that I felt was particularly like interesting for me in terms of just a movie that's uh, an engaging movie experience. I remember liking Better Luck Tomorrow. I, I haven't. I might need to watch it again uh, because yeah, it, I liked it. I, I watched it at the time that it, around the time that it was released, so it felt like it was like speaking to me since I was in high school at the time. And also, I was like, "Oh man, you know, they have so many Asian friends, and I have none." <laughs> I was like, is, this, is this what it's like to live on the West Coast? This seems amazing. <laughs> um, man, disappointing Asian movies. I'm like still racking my brain. Because I don't know if I'm like trying to put that. I guess I haven't like really categorized or put it put that weight on it, you know. And I'm really just trying to be like, oh, it was just a disappointing movie, you know. Maybe some highlights, but you know, just a disappointing movie. But um, man, what's what's a disappointing Asian movie? I guess like I'm going to expand the definition if we're keeping it open. I would say 
And I really like this film. I would say Ocean's Eleven. Because, yeah, like, uh, what's the character's name? The amazing Yen. Like, the fact that, okay, yes, we have an Asian character as, like, a very critical part of this heist. But also, he's diminutive. He's super flexible. He doesn't speak any English. He comes out as super foreign for laughs. And also, like, he doesn't get any of the credit, I feel like, at the end, right? All the credit, of course, goes to Clooney and Brad Pitt. And I don't know, to me, like, I was excited about the representation, but I was not excited about the various different, you know, jokes I received through high school, through through middle school, whatever, being portrayed in such a big film. They also do that thing in that movie where it's like, he's always speaking in Mandarin, and everyone else speaks back to him in English. But the implication is that the rest of the, the Oceans team all speak Mandarin. You're right. Um, I, I, I was kind of into that. <laughs> that was funny. But I, I hear yeah, you. It like, is, all it the is other funny, characters, but... but it was it was only played for jokes, as opposed to right. you know, it's like, well, oh, what's uh, who's his character? I think they also, um, well, he, he's really attracted to um, uh, tall white women. I think that that was a trait that they gave him in um, the the Ocean's Twelve portion of it. Oh, yeah, he, he was a confusing character all around because in the Ocean 13, it's also implied that he's like a big celebrity in, um, in, in China as an acrobat and that somehow an acrobat, a Chinese acrobat would also be friends with um, the CEO of Samsung. So, um, yeah, they, they played a little hard and loose with uh, the Asian rules <laughs> with that guy. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of it. <clears throat> My most disappointing Asian movie would have to be Last Samurai. Mm. I and this is a movie again, like you said, Josh. I remember watching it, and I'm sure if I watch it again, without thinking, you know, that the Last Samurai is a white American, uh, <laughs> it is a really good. It's a good movie, but then I was, you know, like that poster of Tom Cruise on the horse, you know, like oh, riding into battle, God. and it's like this is the Last Samurai. You're telling me this is the last samurai. I like keep I have to I'm still repeating it in my head. I'm like this is the fucking last samurai. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it, it was uh um the American introduction I think of like Ken Watanabe. After that he got that big role in um in the Clint Eastwood the uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. So it, it was supposed to be like uh it, I think they had played it up actually during the time as like this big um win for representation before people question like Tom Cruise being at the, at the center of the. Yeah. Being, being the last samurai when I was like, was, <laughs> the last samurai was probably that last Asian dude that died on the battlefield. <laughs> I, mean, I think, yeah, it's especially bad because of the name. If they had a different name, if they had named it after what, whoever the Tom Cruise character is, I mean, it's still like it's a little iffy. Like um, the the whitest samurai. <laughs> but if you call it the last samurai, and it's like <laughs> and it's Tom Cruise. Actually, I think they did a Chappelle show skit on it. Uh, I, I exactly the same. Like the last samurai, Tom Cruise. Really, this episode, I think you could also condense as like hiding shits on movies <laughs> on <Asian laughs> movies. <laughs> Because I, I don't think we talked about any movie that we liked in this one. It's just all one movie. Oh, man, oh except true. for The Hulk. We're, we're hoping <laughs> Ailey will stop by her podcast. <laughs> it is time for Brilliant Asian Moments. Big shout out to Naomi Osaka. I think, you know, she is one of the most visible athletes 
in the world, especially, you know, like she's elevated the game of tennis so much recently. And I think it was so brave of her to be like, hey, guys, like I need space for my mental health. It freaks me out. It makes me very anxious to give interviews. So I'm just going to take a break on this one. Hope you're all cool with it. And, you know, when she was pressed, when French Open was like, hey, like, listen, you either do it or, you know, you're out of the tournament. She's like, all right, well, it's a bigger loss for you than me. I'm out. I got to protect my sanity, got to protect my mental health. And I think, you know, for an athlete at the top of her game, this is such a bold move. And I'm sure it's opening up the door for a lot more conversations around what shouldn't be a a topic with stigma. So again, big ups, Naomi. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of disappointed that ultimately she still had to issue that apology. Um, Very happy that at least she's taking the first step for really fighting for mental health for for athletes. Because, Mm -hmm. you know physically they're putting they're putting everything out there and and mentally too it just seems like we're asking a lot out of out of uh, star athletes right all right i've got to shout out destin daniel Crenton, the director of shang chi because you know what's really crazy is i actually interned at the production company when short term 12 was in development and it was just an amazing script his talent was so obvious even from the short and now he's directing that movie about the 440 Second Regiment during World War II, like one mm-hmm. of the most decorated regiments in World War II, made up of Japanese Americans. And he's also a producer on the Vincent Chin limited series at Amazon. So just very, very excited for the man and also his producing partner and taco aficionado, Asher Goldstein, who is also a friend. Amazing people and amazing work that they're doing. Got it. Got it. It was a good thing that you slipped in that Asher Goldstein. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, like the the fact that I would have a lot of questions about the taco aficionado thing. Like, yes, why is this exactly. public knowledge? Like, because this is the kind of thing where you're like, you're pulling back the curtain and showing us uh, how Hollywood works. Like, people this just know each other's junk food preferences and all that. How the, the, the biz works. You, you have to know the foods that people like. Good clarification. You're not a king of streaming for nothing. But also, real quick, I'm, <laughs> as Tinjin is talking about the 442nd, so I'm just reading the wiki article right now, and it's crazy because I'm really big into like logos and insignias and different identities, right, of uniforms. And the insignia of the 442nd is literally what looks like an arm holding up a torch that's lit, just like the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, how on the nose do you have to be to say you're American and still have people say that you are not? And that's crazy to me. And putting you in internment camps during that time. Yeah. So, you know, Andrew Yang, this is as American as we can get and we still get treated this way. So screw your op-ed. I had to sneak that in there. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> All right, yeah, for, uh, guys, for mine, it's Akira Kurosawa. Not quite as timely as uh, the <laughs> two uh, that you, you guys just uh, mentioned, but I did rewatch Seven Samurai this week, and I had just forgotten how uh, amazing that movie is. How just like fun Seven Samurai is as a movie. Because like there are all these scenes where, it, so it's like earliest movie I, I've seen at least, where they do the whole um, putting together the crew. And per the name, there are seven of them. They all have 
have their own distinct characteristics. I mean, I think I saw it the first time in high school, but they do it in a very, very fun way. I would say that it matches up well with Oceans. And then, like, the movie just goes in so many places. It can go to, like, there are scenes where it's just all the other samurai, like, giving shit to the youngest samurai. Or they have this samurai test, which is, like, to hit people on the head with, like, a two-by-four when they're entering into a door to see if they're a true samurai or not. It's just really, really funny stuff. And then it gets to, like, just brutally sad scenes, too, when you're finding out. I think it's, like, Kakuchio is talking about how he sees himself in uh, the orphan children. Or how Kakuchio dies in the end, too. Is I don't know. The movie just goes all over the place. It's a very, very fun watch. I mean, I think the idea of going and watching like criterion film collection stuff leads people to like think that they really need to be in the right mood sometimes but seven samurai is a movie that is highly rewatchable up there with like Shawshank Redemption or Ocean's Eleven type movies. It is like close to the perfect movie. Like if people tell me that Chunking Express, you need to be in the right mood to go and watch. I kind of understand it. That movie's like a lot of glances and stuff like that. But like Seven Samurai, anytime, always a good watch. Man, I can watch Chunking Express at any time though. I'm just going to say. That scene where he eats all those cans of pineapples and gets the tummy ache. I'm like, I feel that every single time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, like when he's... uh, Chunky Express, like, you have to watch it with only, like, an emotional understanding of what's going on in the screen. Because, like, yeah. if you ever try to explain what's actually happening there, it, it just, none of it makes any sense. And that's how we make any conversation about Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Tie Never it all back. not talking about Wong Kar Wai. Tie it all back. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Catch us at glowgettersaa at gmail.com. Also, glowgettersaa on Twitter and Instagram. How many Haishings would you give it out of five Haishings? Is more Haishings better or is no, more No, the lowest Haishing is, is five. <laughs> you give it five Haishings. Well, and, and zero is a possibility as well between one and five. <laughs> it's definitely a possibility. It's been a, been a possibility for the Tianjin Gu life for the last 10 years. <laughs> the complete absence of Haishing. But not anymore. <laughs> oh, that sounds really nice. Uh, <laughs>